Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. I don't remember what episode number this is, 207 or 208, something in the neighborhood of, uh, you know, early 200s, something like that. Anyway, uh, I'm cruising in the mobile studio, headed to another business call. I got a long drive here, about an hour and a half. Most of you know I travel the open roads of south and central Texas and Louisiana. My full-time job is a sales guy. My part-time job is prepping and firearms training and stuff like that. But I'm a common sense survivalist. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. I keep things rooted in common sense. And, you know, today, or this week actually, I would like to discuss the value of skills. You know, I had an old mentor, one of my old mentors by the name of Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. If you've never read any of the good material, philosophical material that Jim Rohn puts out, he was one of the great modern philosophers of our time. Common sense. You know, he wasn't a real complicated guy. I had the pleasure of meeting Jim Rohn three times in a previous life when I was in the business of sales training and personal development. I had a chance to do some promotional and sales work for Jim Rohn. So because of those efforts, I got a chance to meet him when I was quite a bit of a younger man. And it was a very, very valuable experience. And working on his promotion team for a while taught me a lot of pretty cool stuff. And I listened to a lot of his material and read a lot of his material But one thing that stood out that really kind of just whacked me over the side of the head and woke me up, Jim Rohn was speaking, we were in Anaheim, California at the time. He was was speaking in Anaheim, California, and I was there listening to the seminar, and I was working on the team. And I know he said this many times, but it was the first time where it really hit home with me. He said, uh, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. I'll say that again. Jim Rohn said, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. Just think about that and let that settle into your brain for a little while. I'm not trying to knock formal education... It's okay, but how many people are out there in society with big fancy formal educations right now starving because they can't find a job? Self-education will make you a fortune. Self-education in the ways of life, in life itself, and, uh, and paying attention to what's going on out there and adapting to it and learning things. So that's why I wanted to do this week's show on the value of skills. Sorry that I didn't put a show out last week. I was really, really busy with my real job last week. I'm just as busy this week, but I, you know, I had this opportunity here while I'm making this drive in my car to take a break and kind of decompress a little bit and you know when I'm alone in my car like I am now it's kind of my time to to think and come up with ideas and then share them with you and do these podcasts so don't worry I'm doing this safely and uh, no big deal here but the value of skills you know you've heard me talk 
about bartering before. And a lot of people store up barter items. You can go back, if you just uh, go to todayssurvival.com, that's my website, todayssurvival.com. If you go to my website and you just, in the search bar, put barter, you'll you'll be able to you know, see some of the podcasts I've done. Or if you select uh, barter as a topic search on todayssurvival.com, you can look up some of the podcasts that I've done on bartering. You should check those out. I've been bartering since the late 80s. You know, it doesn't have to be a crap hit the fan situation for you to start bartering. I mean, why not save some money now? If you've got a skill or a product that you can trade for something you want, why not do that now? It saves you money now. I mean, for a lot of people, money's tight. Money's real hard to come by right now. So why not barter? You know, so many survival forums and podcasts are also focused on what's going to happen after a disaster. Well, what about before a disaster? How, how about how about doing things right now to put yourself in a better position in life? How about learning a, a great people skill called bartering and, and learning what the value of skills are? Or is, excuse me, <laughs> sorry about that. What's the value of skills? And then how do you barter those skills? And what skills are barterable you know is that a word barterable (laughs) I don't know maybe I just invented a word (laughs) but there's a great article there's a there's a blog that I like to read um, called stinkhitthefanplan.com the actual web address is it's shtfplan.com shtfplan.com check the show notes for this episode I will put a direct link to the article that I'm going to refer to. Uh, Tess Pennington from Ready Nutrition contributed this article to that blog, uh, shtfplan.com. Now, before some of you are freaking out and thinking, oh my God, he's reading an article uh, on the internet while he's driving. No, I'm not. I read the article three times, committed some of it to memory. I've also got a few show notes in big font taped to the inside of my car, taped to the dashboard, covering up the uh, the radio controls and things like that, so I can take a quick glance and look over there a real quick, half a second glance, keep myself on track if I have to, okay? But this article that Tess wrote for shtfplan.com is about the necessity of learning skills to help out in a survival situation. And, you know, she writes some pretty interesting stuff. She says, don't underestimate the value of those skills that you have for bartering purposes. A lot of people are worried about well, you know, whether the grid goes down and stuff like that. I mean, that's good. You know, I mean, you should be worried about that. That's something that you should be planning for. If the grid goes down, a lot of people might be, might be left with no access to medical or dental care, for example. Think about that. You know, I mean, if the grid goes down, how are doctors going to operate? I bet a lot of you listening to this are reading Glenn Tate's book series, 299 Days. Glenn has interviewed with me on this podcast before. By the way, book five is out, and I'm quoted on book five. I'm quoted on the front cover. 
If you get book five, The Visitors, you'll see a quote from me. You can go to the recommended book section and order it at todayssurvival.com. Or you can just click my Amazon store at todayssurvival.com. You'll help out the show if you order the book and do your shopping, your Amazon shopping, through my link, through my store on my site. It'll be a way that you can support the show. A lot of you have been doing that. I see the orders that come in. I don't see your names, but I do see the orders. So, thank you very much. But what if you don't have any access to medical care or dental care? In that book, 299 Days, do you remember in book three? Uh, book three, uh, Glenn was writing about, you know, they're up at Pierce Point. They've had to, they've had to bug out. They're forming a community, which is why it's called the community. They're, they're forming a community of people, and, and they're identifying people's skill sets. And Grant Matson, the main character, his wife's an ER doctor. His wife, Lisa, is an ER doctor. But, you know, she doesn't have all the fancy medical equipment, the fancy state-of-the-art stuff that she has in her emergency room. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you think about it. If, if we have a partial collapse, that, that could be an issue. And this is why you, as a regular person, may not have access to fancy medical care or dental care. Because if the grid goes down, it's going to be hard for hospitals and doctors, especially those with that, that, that uh, rely on sophisticated equipment, it's going to be hard for them to operate. So if you are listening to this and you possess medical or dental skills, if you're an EMT, if you're a paramedic, if you are a doctor or you are a nurse, your skills could be in very high demand. And even if you don't have the access to state-of-the-art equipment, you still have a lot of knowledge. You have a lot of knowledge that the ordinary person may not have. So you could be in very high demand. You could trade those skills and barter those skills. And if you formed a survival prepper community, if, you served a, if you've uh, formed a prepper team, for example, in, in the book series 299 Days, especially in book three, the team is talked about a lot. I don't want to give away too much for those of you that haven't read it, but you got to read that. So in the situation of an economic collapse, there's going to be a revival of the barter system. Now, you know, Tess put that in her article, but like I said, you don't have to wait until the crap hits the fan. Do it now. Barter now. Now, to barter means to exchange your goods or services for someone else's goods or services. It's pretty much as simple as that. And to make sure that it's a win-win transaction for everybody, each person must have something that they desire from the other party. That's common sense, right? But even though there might be some desperation on both parties, if it's an after-a-stink-hit-the-fan situation, there still has to be a benefit and it's very morally imperative to be fair to the party that's most in need see and and as a matter of fact not just after the crap has hit the fan I've been in the people business for 28 years now since 1985 I've been in the people business I, I make my living I make my living dealing with people dealing with the public persuading people helping people own the benefits of my product 
And, and you notice how I worded that. Own the benefits of my product. A good salesperson knows how to get the point across that if you own my product, you're going to receive a tremendous amount of benefit. That's a good salesperson. And they're not pushy like a poor salesperson. So a salesperson who's not very good is pushy. So I want to tell you something. Every salesperson you've ever met that's been obnoxious and pushy, they're not very good. They're not very skilled. They haven't learned the art of gentle persuasion to get people to understand the benefits of what you're doing so that they want to buy from you. That's And it's the same thing with bartering. And folks, i got to tell you, you're going to have to possess these people skills if you want to get ahead in life. And I think survival and preparedness, especially common sense survival, it's about getting ahead in life, isn't it? Would you agree it's about getting ahead, getting ahead now, and especially getting ahead after a disaster happens? Because, boy, you know, when when, when it all breaks loose, when, when people are desperate, when they're in a desperate situation, they're going to start doing desperate things. De- desperate people sometimes do desperate things in order to survive. And you're going to have to have a great deal of people skills to be able to pull off a bartering transaction. But remember that you've got to be fair. Don't try to rip people off. Especially after the stink hits the fan. I think that's going to be a really bad time to rip people off. Okay, That person who's most in need might actually be you too. Think about that. See, and we, you know, we got a problem today. The problem today, and you know, you've heard Glenn Tate and other people who have interviewed with me say this many times. If something breaks, all you got to do is run down to Walmart and buy the replacement, right? Well, let, let's assume you can't just run down to Walmart and buy the replacement. Gosh, we're so spoiled, aren't we? We're so spoiled. Ah, yeah, forget it, you know. People take the attitude, I don't have to worry about any of this kind of stuff. I can just go down to Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's or Sam's or Costco or whatever. I can just buy more. Now, you know, the average big box store out there, the average large retailer is keeping, the average grocery store is keeping like less than three days worth of food available. Think that. Think about that. The market that they serve, the market that they serve, they're keeping about an average of two to three days worth of food on the shelf. So think about that. What happens if the crap hits the fan and there's a rush on the grocery stores? Well, to begin with, they're keeping two to three days of just-in-time inventory. So if they're just keeping two to three days of just-in-time inventory, how quickly are those shelves going to be cleaned out once there's some kind of a disaster or a partial collapse, even just a weather disaster. Those of you who live in hurricane or earthquake regions that have been through that, you you know what I mean, don't you? The stores clear out quickly. It's going to be the same thing with the big retailers like Walmart and Costco and Sam's is not going to be much different. Some of them might last a little longer than two or three days, like your local grocery store. They're not going to last that long. So, you know, when something has to be fixed or replaced, instead of running down to Walmart, in, in, in the event of an economic collapse, for example, 
or any kind of a disaster that causes trucks to stop running. All right. In 299 Days book series, Glenn Tate writes about an economic collapse. And, and I, I, you know, like I said, it's coming, folks. It is coming. It, it has to come. It, it has to come. If, this, if the United States of America continues on the same course, an economic collapse has to come. That's a subject for a whole different podcast. I'll probably get into that at some point in the near future. But it's got to happen. And when I say that, I'm not, I'm not going tinfoil hat. I'm not saying a complete breakdown of everything. Just a partial collapse. Just a partial collapse like Glenn writes about. You know, some services being cut off or severely reduced. And a run on supplies at stores and things like that. It can cause a big, big problem, especially those heavily dependent on the system, dependent on society, and dependent on the government. So if a collapse or a disaster happens that causes those trucks to quit running, it's not going to be very easy to replace broken items, for example. You won't be able to just run down to Walmart and get that part to fix something. So how about the ability to repair things? If you have the ability to repair broken things, for example, your skills might be in high demand. The value of your skill could be really high. I envy those of you who are real mechanical, because I'm not. I'm not very mechanical. And that's not my skill. That's, that's not what I'm going to bring to the party or bring to the table. If I'm a member of a, quote, survival team, the skill set that I'm going to bring is not going to be a mechanic or the ability to be a fix-it guy. Unfortunately, I was not blessed with those skills. I can teach things, which I'm going to talk about that here a little bit later in this, this podcast. I can teach things, which is also a marketable skill. However, if you are mechanically inclined, I'm jealous of you. (laughs) But your skills could become very, very valuable and in very high demand. Now, let me tell you how rare your skill might be, you know, because we live in a world of planned obsolescence. You think about that. This, you know, Tess makes a great point in this article on this blog. We live in a world of planned obsolescence obsolescence so many products that are made have you ever noticed that so many products are just not built to last by design or technologically they're built to not be relevant much anymore in two to three years and you know so people are just not used to fixing things anymore they're just used to oh you know here's what they do well Something's broke. Something's no good anymore. Technologically, it's inferior. I'll just go to the store and buy another one. And that's what a lot of people do. Isn't that what a lot of people think and what they do? It's unfortunate. Few people know how to actually fix or repair an item and and make it long-lasting, to make it sturdy and and long-lasting and fix it right so that you don't have to fix it again for a long time. Think about that. So if you're the kind of person that can fix something 
and make it better than it was originally when it was new. How cool is that? And you're going to have a huge marketable skill. The value of your skills will be high. And you know, I think it's high now. I think if you're a fix-it guy and you can fix it up better, we had some work done on our house not too long ago and it was fixed better. It was fixed better than the original product. So, I think that's going to be a, a, a big deal if you're the kind of person that can do that. Especially like home repairs. You know, if you're a home repair person and, and you can fix homes and make them better than they are now. So many homes are so cheaply built, aren't they? And if, if the stink hits the fan or even before it hits the fan, if you can go in there and somebody needs some work done, you might be able to barter your skill. You might be able to fix their home in exchange for something you need. There's a guy named Brandon Smith of Alt Market, which is another website I'm going to refer you to. And uh, here's a quote from him on his blog. He says, If you wish to survive after the destruction of the mainstream system, you must be able to either make a necessary product, repair a necessary product, or teach a necessary skill. A limited few have the capital required to stockpile enough barter goods or gold and silver to live indefinitely. Yeah, think about that. Um, he, he's so right, isn't he? There's very few people that have enough money that it takes to stockpile a bunch of goods or tools or supplies or food or gold or silver to live indefinitely. And, you know, that's what kind of frustrates me a lot when I read on survival forums or other blogs there's so much focus on accumulating stuff and there's nothing wrong with accumulating stuff you know yes of course you got to store stuff that's a given right that's obvious sure if you're going to be a prepper you got to store some stuff but who among us can store enough or even have the money to be able to acquire enough to live indefinitely you can't you're not going to be able to live indefinitely most people from what I've been observing out there, most people can't even live more than a couple of years on what they've got stored. I'm not talking about everybody. You might be the kind of person that can. But you're going to have to replenish your supplies. Obviously, you know, you're going to have to replenish food. You're going to have to replenish water. Some of your tools are going to wear out. Some of your supplies are going to get broken or worn out or lost or whatever, surviving indefinitely is going to require some skill. And the value of those skills are going to be very, very high. And there's really, there's no limit to the skills that could be used in a barter situation, for example. I mean, think about this. Um, And uh, I'm just, I'm glancing at this. I've memorized most of what I'm going to say here from this blog that I read but I'm going to glance at it a little bit if I get off track but there's some skills that could be huge huge to be able to possess especially after a disaster 
whether the disaster is small scale or large scale. First aid, obviously, that's a big, big one. Uh, quite some time ago, I had Matt Brasic, the uh, owner of Midwest Disaster Medical. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Just a shout out to you. Matt's a contributor to my Survival Champions Club, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Chris Harper's been on this show interviewing with me before as well. He's got first aid skills. Matt teaches the stuff. So if you can administer first aid, uh, as I mentioned before, if you're a doctor or a nurse and you can you can suture people, don't you think that's going to be a very huge marketable skill? Okay, how about if you have uh, midwife skills? Or being able to deliver babies. People are still going to have babies after the crap hits the fan. Uh, dental care. If you're a dentist, you can administer dental care. Herbal remedies. You know, I had Wade from Louisiana on this show before. And by the way, my friend Wade. How you doing, Wade? I hope you're listening. I think you are. Uh, he's an herbalist. He, he's, he's very good with herbs for both nutritional and medicinal purposes. If you've got those kinds of skills, you're going to be in high demand. By the way, Wade has contributed some of that knowledge to my Survival Champions Club for those of you who have invested in it. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Another good skill, animal husbandry. Now think about that. You know, raising animals. You know, the thing is, is... You've got to have a good basic knowledge of raising animals and what it's going to take. And if you don't, you need to have somebody that you know and barter with someone that you know that can help raise animals. You know, that's something I learned really young, and you don't forget a whole lot of it. I'm sure it would come back to me pretty quickly. I just grew up around tons and tons and tons of animals that we raised on our own for various reasons. Speaking of animals, if you're a veterinarian, veterinarian skills could be of extremely high value and very barterable. Would you agree? You know, what makes anybody think that animals are going to quit getting sick after the crap hits the fan? For you teachers out there teaching children, kids are still going to have to go to school. That could be a huge marketable skill. As a matter of fact, teachers could be in much more demand than they are today after a partial collapse or a partial disaster. Even not just teaching kids, but teaching adults. Teaching adults to do things like knitting and gardening, machine repair, stuff like that. I'm going to talk about teaching adults some other things in a few minutes here. Uh, Probably in about 10 or 15 minutes. I mentioned earlier mechanical skills. The ability to fix things like solar generators or or small machines or fixing cars. Stuff like that. You know, fixing wood stoves. Plumbing. How about if you're a plumber? Right? Plumbing skills could be huge after the crap hits the fan. Gardening and farming. One of my weaknesses is gardening. We always had a big garden when I was growing up. But I leaned on my mother for a lot of gardening skills and 
You know, I, I used to complain about having to help her in the garden. It was not a fun thing to do. I wish I wouldn't have complained as much, and I wish I would have learned more and paid more attention and worked harder. But if you're a gardener or a farmer and you're real good with that, your skills could be really valuable. How about if you're a construction worker or a carpenter? Your skills could be huge. People are still going to have to build things. Even now, if you're a good carpenter or you're, you're good with construction and building things, you can barter those skills now. Those skills are still of high value. But think about it. What we talk about on this podcast is what if there's some kind of a disaster? What if there's some kind of a stink hit the fan event? I would say if you're a carpenter, people are going to want to talk to you and they're going to want to do some trading with you. Another skill is gunsmithing. If you're able to fix guns or even reload your own ammunition, if if you're good at that, you know, people are going to need their firearms for self-defense after a uh, crap-hit-the-fan event. What if those guns break? And I know, I know, you might be thinking, "I, I have a gun that doesn't break. Baloney. Your gun breaks. All guns break. Even Glocks. All guns break. I just did a training class last week, and I I took a point shooting course with Suarez International. I took point shooting progressions. We shot a little over 800, 800 rounds in two days. Uh, pretty hardcore defensive training class. 800 rounds in two days. My gun didn't break. I did have one malfunction. I was shooting a Glock 19. I had a malfunction. Anybody that says that their gun doesn't malfunction, they don't shoot it enough. Trust me, all guns malfunction. Some of them break. Some parts break for good. Do you know how to fix it? If you're a gunsmith, your skills might be marketable. If you can reload ammunition and people run out after the crap hits the fan, if you've got reloading supplies and you can reload your own ammunition, good for you. You may really be able to barter that skill in a big way. Security services. This is one... Well... This is one one skill I've got, okay? I'm good with security, both with firearms and with electronics. I've been in the electronic security and access control business now since 1998. So I've been in it for a long time. I could teach someone, just about anybody in any building, how to secure the building properly. How to secure the building with electronics or even non-electronic items. I can teach you how to use low-technology, non-electronic items. I can teach you how to secure a building. You know, I can also teach you how to provide for your own self-defense. I'm a firearms instructor, so I can teach you how to use those guns. You know, a lot of people... Here's what what I think is going to happen. I think a lot of people own guns right now, and they don't really know how to use them very well. They think they do, but they really don't. And they're going to be in for a huge, rude awakening if the stink hits the fan and all of a sudden they're surrounded by violence. First time they get attacked, if they survive it, it's going to hit them like a ton of bricks. Oh, wow. I don't really know the strategies and tactics involved in defending 
myself. Being able to take your gun to the range and shoot nice, tight groups at 10 yards, I am sorry to tell you that does not mean you know how to defend yourself. A fight, especially a gunfight, is a very fluid incident. It's a very fluid fight. It, it's a lot of movement. Both people are moving. Both people are strategizing, even if it happens over just a few seconds. You know, you got to be able to think, think quick, react quick. It's reactive, instinctive, and reflexive. That's what gunfights are. Reactive, instinctive, and reflexive. And you're not going to have time to stand there and plink away and shoot your nice little tight two-inch group at 15 yards with your 1911. It's just not going to happen. That's not the way gunfights work, folks. And I, and I hate to bust some egos, but I can teach you how to employ defensive tactic, tactics. Kind of like martial arts with a gun. You know, and I can teach you how to secure buildings and how to secure homes. Food preservation. That's another good one. If you know how to preserve food, if you know how to can, if you've got those skills, someone else might not. So that skill could be of extreme high value. How about if you're good with sewing? If you can make clothes or you can mend clothes. You're good at sewing and mending. That's going to be a big, valuable skill. How about if you can do things like making soap and making candles? Aha, think about that. No power. Being able to make candles, make lanterns, and, and things like that. Improvise and make things that can provide light. Making soap, toiletries. If you can make your own toiletries, you have the skills and the knowledge to help people learn how to uh, come up with alternative methods to keep themselves clean and sanitary. That's a huge skill to know. And that's a huge skill that could be high of high value and highly barterable. There's that word again that I made up. <laughs> Barter, barterable, whatever. And another skill I want to talk about to my good friend, Matt Chusnick in Austin, Texas, who's been on this show. He's also a contributor on the Survival Champions Club. Blacksmithing. Well, that could be a terrific skill. You could barter that in a big way after the crap hits the fan. So, and there's more. There's more. I'm sure you can think of more. You're probably thinking of more right now. Email them to me. I think I'm going to start a thread on the forum about all this stuff and I'm going to talk I'm going to start a thread about all the skills that could be of high value and feel free to jump on the forum and add to it if you're not a member of the forum in a little while I'll tell you how to become a member of the forum but you know if the grid goes down or the economy collapses in a big way the days of of making your living doing IT work or, or ringing through purchases at the grocery store, those days could be gone. And they could be gone in a flash. They could be gone in an instant. No offense to any of you IT managers, but, you know, think about this to, to IT professionals. 
if we got a partial collapse, there could be a very, very limited need for IT professionals. I'm not saying the need's going to go away, because for some of you, some systems, some information technology, some computer systems are still going to be up and running. Most likely, the government will do whatever they have to do. They'll steal from whoever they have to steal to keep their systems running, sure. And there's still going to be some demand. But if there's not much power and not much ability to keep things powered up, there might not be as much of a demand for information technology as there used to be. Know what I mean? There might not be much of a demand for technology, period. It depends. And it could be just temporary. It might be something that only lasts days or weeks. Maybe not. Maybe it's a disaster that lasts more long term. So you're going to need the the ability to not only become self-sufficient, but also to be a provider of goods and services. I want to say that again. You're going to ha- you're going to need to possess the ability not only to be self self-reliant, self-sufficient on your supplies, but you've also got to be a provider. You're going to have to be a contributor contributor, a provider. And this is why I believe in being a well-rounded person. This is why I actually believe in being a jack-of-all-trades. I think being a jack-of-all-trades is a good thing. You know, a lot of people make fun of people who are jack-of-all-trades. We've all heard the saying, he's a jack-of-all-trades and a master of none. Who cares? So what? Why is that a bad thing? After a stink hit the fan event after a collapse or a disaster, it might be good to know a jack of all trades. Right? Somebody who can do a lot of different things. They can be a provider. They may have a specialist. I've talked about a lot of specialties in this episode. I've talked about doctors. I've talked about nurses. I've talked about EMTs. I've talked about uh, dentists. I've talked about veterinarians. I've talked about teachers and gardeners and farmers and plumbers and construction workers and people who provide security and stuff like that. Those are specialized. But if you can't network or you're not you don't have as part of your team somebody who is specialized, it might not be bad to know a jack of all trades. Because he or she might have a pretty good knowledge of a few things and a general knowledge of a lot, but it still might be some knowledge that you don't possess, and it can help you. And by the way, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to the uh, article by uh, Brandon Smith of Alt Alt Market. You really got to read it. It's a really, really in-depth article, and it's a really in-depth post about, about skills that can be of high value and very marketable and... Uh, Excellent barter skills. So you got to read that, and I'm, of course, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of leave it up to you to get involved in a self-education. As I started this episode, I started off this episode with a quote, didn't I? The quote was from Jim Rohn: "A formal education will earn you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune." Well, he was talking about the here and now. He was talking about the present. He wasn't really talking about after a disaster, but even though he wasn't talking about it, isn't it not still very viable? 
after a disaster? A formal education might just help you get by. Self-education will help you prosper, no matter what the situation is. No matter if there's a collapse or disaster, or even if there's not a disaster. Today, a self-education, learning what's necessary, today, can also help you. So what are you doing right now to build your self-education? What are you doing to increase the value of your skill? Or your set of skills? And what kind of people skills do you have? That's something else that I can offer. You know, I could offer, in a bartering situation, or even today, I can offer how to sharpen your people skills. And you know, this is something that's not talked about a lot. Even some of the major podcasts and some of the major forums and blogs on prepping and survival, they don't get into the people skills very much. They don't get into persuasion. They don't get into how to negotiate. I've done that. I've been very successful at that. I've made a living at that. Don't you think that's going to be important? You know, how do you negotiate a barter transaction? You know, if you, if, if you read the book, uh, two, the book series 299 Days, Glenn Tate writes, you know, the people at Pierce Point, the people at that community where, he and his, where, where Grant Matson has had to bug out to, they had to use people skills to identify all the different skill sets of all the people in that community. And they had to negotiate, and they had to sell themselves, and they had to get to know one another. And, and you know, you read in there that the people who were really good at, at, at people skills, like Grant Matson, the main character, they were, he was good at negotiating. He's good at selling an idea, selling a concept, and introducing people. Not everybody can do that. Okay? That's a skill that I always need to perfect. I'm always learning how to perfect my sales and my people and my negotiating skills. But I'm not too bad at it. I've made, us, made myself a fairly healthy living for the last uh, 28 years or so doing that. And I intend to continue. And that's another skill set that I bring to the table. I could be a front person. I could be a front person for public relations or for marketing. Or I could be a front person for negotiation or a speaker, or a presenter, or some type of a negotiator if the people that I'm bugging out with have to negotiate with another group of people. I'm also pretty good with conflict resolution. I can help people resolve conflicts and resolve it in a positive way so that both parties feel like they're winning. Which, by the way, that's one of the basic tenets of negotiation conflict resolution you know you think about it most of the time when people negotiate it's somewhat of a conflict that's going on it might not be an intense conflict or a violent conflict but both parties have a direction that they want to go they have an interest they have something that they want and they can't resolve it in a normal way so they go into negotiation or mediation and no I'm not an attorney or anything like that but I can um, help people with negotiation and mediation. I'm pretty good at that. I've, I've done that a lot in business and in life. So you see, skills are not just, you know, defined by carpentry or mechanics or gardening or preserving food or anything like that. 
Skills are broadened. Survival skills are also broadened to people skills. And being able to relate and talk to other people in an effective, persuasive manner. And so that pretty much covers the main point that I wanted to talk about in this week's episode on the value of skill. Again, you may have something to add, so let me talk about the forum. If you're not a member of the forum, please consider signing up. Now, do me a favor. If you sign up, would you please send an email to me? Bob at todayssurvival.com. There's two S's in that email address. Bob at todayssurvival.com. The reason I want you to email me if you sign up for the forum, I've been having a lot of spammers trying to infiltrate the forum. Every once in a while, one gets through. I try to keep them out. I'll know you're not a spammer. If you're listening to this show and you want to join the forum, you shoot me an email. I'll get your account approved probably in less than 24 hours, more like just a few hours. And then I'll send you a confirmation email that it's been approved, and then you can start posting on the forum. But we have a good group of people. Please join our forum. Uh, You can converse with different listeners and with me. Just go to todayssurvival.com, click the forum button. It'll take you to where you want to go. Also, the Survival Champions Club. Have you noticed that I don't have sponsors, and I don't have paid sponsors primarily for a reason. I don't like listening to podcasts that run a bunch of commercials because they're trying to satisfy paid sponsors. I also don't like podcasts where the host takes up the first 10 minutes of the show yakking about sponsors trying to sell stuff. I don't like that. To me, it's just kind of a waste of my time. If I want to buy something, I'll buy it, but I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, listening for 10 minutes and it's also kind of a pain in the butt to fast forward through all that and try to figure out where the main topic starts so my show is supported only by generous listeners like you recently I had quite a few people buy some copies of my Survival Champions Club podcasts Glenn Tate gave out some pretty good information on how to build a prepper team I did a great interview with him you can down you can get that episode. White Bear, who's recently been on here talking about primitive living skills and how they apply to modern day prepping, he did a great interview with me. I've had Matt Brasick talk about first aid. I've had Matt Chusnick talk about knife and tool sharpening, a little bit about blacksmithing. I've had Wade in Louisiana talking about herbs. I've had yours truly talk about common sense prepping. And all of it is information that I've never put on the public show. You can buy one of those or all of those if you go to todayssurvival.com. Remember, there's two S's in that web address, todayssurvival.com. And if you look and you click on Survival Champions Club, you'll see plenty of details and... For as little as $20, you can make a purchase. You can get all those episodes and save a bunch of money. And you can help out my show. And as I mentioned, don't forget about my Amazon store. Just click Amazon store at todayssurvival.com and do all your shopping on Amazon. Or buy all your books just by clicking on my recommended books link. And uh, click on Glenn Tate's book and buy one. There's other books on there, too, on my recommended books page. 
at today's survival. Click any of those. Go into Amazon. That'll take you into Amazon. You can keep on shopping, and you can help out my show that way. With all that said, I'm Bob Main. Thanks for listening to another episode of today's survival show. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.